I had somebody put a put uh, forty eight beers in my trunk and close it for me today. I didn't have to do anything. I kind of like this new economy. Good day and welcome to the Climate Change Therapy Podcast, a product of BlockRadius.net, your most trusted online media outlet for urban planning and unrelated topics. Today is Wednesday, April 15th, 2020. The coronavirus is peaking on its first wave as we speak. Here in the Northeast, worldwide, there's been over 2 million confirmed cases. As of tonight, 130,000 deaths led by 640,000 cases in the United States which is led by 200,000 cases in New York state and another 70,000 in New Jersey state, my home state. It is also the home state of my two guests here tonight, two gentlemen who are absolute locks for my top 10 favorite people in the world. We'll just leave it at that. The infamous Joe Ozo and the one and only Hirsch. So we're going to get right to it. A lot of talk about but first, we've got to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Rollin' Cases, the most rocking suitcases on wheels, Rollin' Cases. Whether you're packing for your next vacation 18 months from now because it's never too early to pack, or you just got evicted because your stimulus check is late and you're scrambling to fit all your most prized possessions into a single travel accessory, Rollin' Cases are the suitcases on wheels for you and your life's journey, Rollin' Cases. And with that, ladies, gentlemen, listeners, old and new, I bring you Joe Ozo and Hirsch. All right, Joe Ozo, Hirsch, thanks for uh, for joining me here on Climate Change Therapy. It's a long time coming to having you on the pod. Uh, first off, I want to give you a chance to introduce yourself. Um, I don't think my introduction really... Uh, uh, did yourselves justice. So we'll start with you, uh, Joe, and then we'll, uh, Joe Ozo, and we'll go on to Hirsch. All right. Well, first of all, Hank, thanks for having me on the podcast. Long, long time, first time, uh, long time listener since the very early days. Uh, pleasure to be finally. What, what, what episode are we up to now? Episode 14? 22. What do we get? 22. Oh, man. I've got a backlog of, of episodes. Long time listener. Listen to. Yeah. I thought I'd be I thought I'd be early in the in the queue, but you finally you finally tracked me down. Um, uh, as mentioned, my name is Joe Ozo. I'm a, a longtime acquaintance of my two pod, podcast uh, partners here tonight. Uh, I, my location has already been revealed to be in the northeast. That's as far as I'm willing to diverge specifically. Um, I was asked to uh, to give an update about my professional background, just for uh, the listeners. Curiosities. I'm willing to say that I, I work in uh, intercollegiate athletics at a in a university setting. Uh, also, that's as far as I'm willing to diverge. But it gives me a, a little background to where to where I may be coming from. Luckily, uh, luckily, we're not going to be publishing the video version of this podcast as I'm wearing school gear as I give this po- this interview. This is the first video podcast we're recording um, because usually we do this in person. This whole pod this whole project was pretty much set up because i wanted to make friends and have people come over and hang out with me um Makes so sense. but it you know this is this the next best thing so all right thank you joe so hirsch yourself uh well as you said i am hirsch uh first time first time 
I am, uh, I, I, my profession, uh, I work in alcohol, um, in, in sales for, for a large brewer. Um, what else? I don't know. I, I, it, Jordan, you, excuse me, Joe Ozo, you didn't, uh, exactly diverge too much. I don't know exactly how far I need to diverge here. Are you allowed uh, to say what your favorite alcohol is or your current drink of the moment? I'm currently drinking a, a light beer from Miller. It's a good, it's a and, good uh, beer. And, uh, and, and I'm enjoying also, it thoroughly. I'm, I'm, also for, for, I'm also for reference drinking a, a beer of the lighter variety, more of a craft cocktail of sorts. Just for I, I got to say, uh, Hank, um, yes. I, I'm not. I'm not sure the uh, that the spot that you did was was uh, vetted thoroughly as far as our, our new you know conditions. I think uh, uh, the marketing department for uh, for that suitcase company might have might have an issue spending money on uh, on travel in, in this current climate. I think they'll probably start to pull back some of their advertising. You know, we're all trying. To I, think, adapt, uh, I, I think. I think. I'm. I, I'm pretty familiar with some of the top level executives at Rolling Cases. Mm -hmm. And uh, according to a source I spoke with here in the week, I think they're going to be releasing a, a new version later. One of those type of, we love that you use our product to travel with, but now we encourage you to stay home. And they had, they've been talking to some marketing folks about that. Yes. Like you could use I, their I suitcases. Here, some, some updated spots. You could use their suitcases to, for instance, take out the trash or, uh, take out the recycling or uh, move groceries sure, from, maybe. from your, uh, from the back of your automobile safely with using a mask and gloves uh, then into your uh, abode. It's actually, it's very smart that you mentioned moving uh, groceries because shopping carts, I, you know, I live in the city here and shopping carts really only take you so far. You're not supposed to take them out of the parking lot, but rolling cases could really um, solve the issue of carrying seven plastic bags full of avocados and um, canned beans. Uh, you know, it's, it's much easier to roll them. You know, I, I got to say, it, it, living, once living in a, in a major, large metropolis and, and now living in a, quite a smaller area, there's something to be said for that first time that you start buying liquids at the supermarket again, and uh, also feel comfortable purchasing things like butternut squashes, watermelons, you know, things that normally would strain your muscles on a 10 block walk in a large metropolis. Uh, but now you just put it in the back of your fancy automobile and take to your home. It's, uh, it's, quite, an, it's quite a good feeling. So it's I've a, never- a new, new experience. If you own an automobile. I've never per yeah, so I, I've never lived in as large of a metropolis as either of you, and I have to say that I would say 99% of my grocery shopping has come through the assistance of an automobile. But is it fair to say that, Hirsch, that you just said you don't buy liquids while living in a, <laughs> a major city at the grocery store? That's correct, sir. Uh, so when we talk so you about have to, liquids... You have to survive only on tap water? You only survive on tap water. Um, and if you buy liquids, you buy them in uh, quarts, 
uh, pints, and, and uh, you don't get to the half gallon or, or the gallon. It, it's got to be very small, and it needs to be rationed. Do you have a, a milkman that you employ separately? No, I just stopped drinking milk for five years. I think that's the key. I heard that the milkman is, is making, a, making a comeback because of this current situation, that the milkman is back in vogue. That makes sense. It's like he's been on ice for 70 years, and <laughs> he should just, you know, come back. You know, it's... It, it's all the all the trucks are still available and working. All of the things that they use to handle the milk still available. In fact, I think they're coming. They were coming back into vogue as uh, things that you could decorate your apartment and and uh, other things with. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and now they're available for them for the milkmen to utilize again. It's a what a wonderful world. Indeed it is. Well, how stocked is your fridge currently? And, and uh, with that, your, your bunker at large, um, what do you have? What does your apartment or your house uh, look like right now? Your kitchen, your, your, uh, your cave, what do you got going on in there? Where are you? Uh, well, should I answer uh, I guess, that? I guess I'll, Ozo, would actually, you like I'll to do that? Uh, I'll go, let's go to, Let's go to Hirsch. We need okay. some, uh, some more moderation of this podcast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Dude, what, what does that even mean? It, it seems like he took a shot. I'll, I'll, I'll let him go. Uh, that's, so as far as uh, being stocked, um, I, I took a um, – yeah, siesta here in the middle of the day from from work. That's that's definitely not the right way to say it. But uh, and went to a uh, public market farm stand, uh, ordered groceries, uh, and uh, and got a bunch of bags. Uh, stopped for beer on my way home today. So I'm I'm pretty fully stocked. We've got uh, we're doing a lot of a lot of cooking over here at the uh, the Hirsch uh, Hirsch abode. Um, making a lot of uh, we're going to local butcher shops and getting a, a a very large amount of excellent meat and uh going to local orchards and stuff like that and getting a lot of really good uh veggies that we can roast and that's that's been the story for the past few weeks and actually it's been it's probably the healthiest i've ever been um you know outside of the increased alcohol uh consumption uh it, it's probably the, the healthiest diet just about I've ever had and probably some of the best meat I've ever had too. It might change my, my grocery shopping habits moving forward uh, for sure uh, to go toward uh, these, this more uh, interesting, uh, some of these, some of these more local shops that they kind of get things from, from local uh, farms and, and stuff like that. It's, it's been a, quite a renaissance. Joza. Uh, so I, I have a, a supermarket trip uh, coming in the near future. We're looking at putting that on tomorrow's agenda. Uh, I recently about try about about ten days since the last supermarket trip. Spent uh, spent a good deal of, of, of money. That was uh, that was around uh, day one of the wear face masks in public type of. Uh, situation that we entered into. It was a, a little intermediary situation. We went to the grocery store that time. Some people had had started that following that guideline, others had not. So that gives you some context for 
where we were as a nation the last time I entered a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I'm not as uh, definitely not as not as much of a of cooking going on as, as in the in the Hirsch household. Uh, some more uh, ready ready we prepared. Uh, some good usage of the microwave. Uh, still happening you know having advanced time turning out not not to be the issue just the, the lack of desire to really do so um but let's we'll survive a good good trip going them all and uh i don't know it's hard you know you got to stay six feet from people at the grocery store i've heard you know you all those delivery grocery options but i'm not feeling that i'm feeling a good good natural trip you know walk through the aisle see some prepared prepared items that you can make upcoming dinners like a good little Thursday at the grocery store. Uh, sounds like uh, each of you are making the best of it uh, in your own right. Um, it's good to hear. What about yourself? Myself, I've been eating a lot of lentils and matzah. I've been trying to keep Passover the best I, I can. Um, so I pretty much, instead of rice, I just kind of crush up matzah in my fist and sprinkle in a bowl and add some lentils over it. That's been my go-to. Um, but enough about matzah and lentils. I didn't bring you guys on this podcast to talk about uh, j- just uh, groceries. I think we've, we've done enough of that. Um, but we, we've got a crisis in America right now, like a real problem that's worth talking about. There might not be a baseball season. Um, there might not be a baseball season. Right now it's been postponed until is it june i think was what they last said um the basketball season has been postponed uh, indefinitely uh college sports have been totally canceled um you know joe's i know you you work directly directly in sports so you have a little more intel than most um what is your read on whether or not we have sports of any kind let's just let's start at this high level will we have any kind of sports leagues happening and when million dollar question right there right i believe uh there was some the uh i saw him on the other day i don't want to name that person but they said that uh they're, they're tired of no sports they've been there's nothing on but uh 14-year-old baseball games to watch on television. And they're tired of watching those 14-year-old baseball games. Not that they've been watching baseball games. They're a very important person doing a lot of very important work. But that's what they've been told that people are doing. No one else saw that quote, huh? Um, it, was, uh, it was a high leader in, this, uh, in the United States federal government. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so the other question, right? Uh, will we have sports? I think the 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 bigger the bigger question is is in what fashion? I think uh, the first priority is going to be televised sports, and I think there's a large difference between televised sports and sporting events as we traditionally know it. Right? Can you can you pack fifty thousand people into a, into a into Yankee Stadium? and have them sit shoulder to shoulder and have no fear of, of infecting each other. Or, uh, I know uh, we've, we've discussed in planning of this process, you know, the, the quarantine, the players, and the league type of plan. Um, I think um, 
I think uh, that's probably where they'll start. If you guys, I, we want to run down some of what what's been discussed with that. Yeah, I guess we can start to get a little more specific and let's focus on on baseball for right now because that season, um, that's the one that might be the, the most or that it, that should be going on right now, um, and that typically goes into the summer. Uh, basketball's more at the end of its season. Um, so let's focus on baseball. And they've had some plans to, um, I think, send the whole league to Arizona. They discussed that. There was a rumor they might send everyone to Antarctica uh, that you shared with me, uh, Jozo, and I I believed that. And and I still it was on the- believe there's some validity to it. Um, can, I, can I just interject for, for a second? Um, look, I mean – Base, baseball had a bit of a problem before all of this and and the the biggest issue was that the season was was just a slog it was too long i mean and, and then on top of it you know the and you knew that it would never be the games the amount of games would never be reduced just because of the economy that was around it um but once you get into July, August, September, you know, I, at least for me, the excitement was in the, at the beginning of the season, but once you got to that, you know, mid to the end of the season, I, I, my attention started to dissipate a little bit. Um, You know, I, I I think the, the issue too, just around um, sports and sports in general and live sports uh, with this entire thing is the economy that's around it. Um, I personally, what I've kind of realized in the last month that being such an avid sports fan is that I don't miss it. Like, I, I gotta say, like, I don't really miss sports and it's so weird. Um, I'm, it's one of those things. I don't know how many other people actually feel that way. That was, that was an unexpected Um, take. You know, I've uh, there's other stuff going on, of, of course, right? Um, the a lot of there's there's work, and uh, I'm lucky enough to have, to be in an industry that's that's still functioning, um, and still have you know work to do and that kind of stuff. So count counting my blessings, but as somebody who's always been a really avid sports fan, it's odd to me that I can get by on, you know, the his the history, you know, the historical sporting events and that kind of stuff and the you know the 30 for 30s and the you know every, everything else that that's just out there reruns of different television shows and i just i'm wondering if this actual this pause in action will end up having a lasting effect on the sports economy as we know it mm-hmm. in the other thing too is that the biggest thing the biggest worry for me is is the economy that is around sports because there is so much that functions around it right i mean being in the alcohol industry live sports is huge for us right advertising in live sports people consuming our products at live sporting events people consuming our products at bars watching live sporting events right these dollars a beer well yeah right i mean it it's it's one of those things and, and all the people who sell those things and uh, you know, all, the whole industry around it is, has been so 
largely impacted. Um, and it's just a matter of, of it driving so many, so many people's, um, you know, lifestyle, um, which is, which is a problem. I think you're going to see kind of a new reality out of all this in a lot of industries. Um, so, and, and it's not just with, with live sports, but you may have, you may have people, uh, a few people, at least, you know, a certain sect of the population that they kind of feel the way I do. It's like, Oh, all right. Well, I've never not had live sports, but I actually, this is, you know, it's not impacting really my day-to-day -day life. It's not changing. It hasn't changed all, all that much. Um, I know that's a bit of a, of a blasphemy and I actually feel like I've blasphemed. Uh, but it, I think it's, it's kind of an interesting idea and, and point to be pondered is with people understanding that, that they don't really need this day to day, what, how many people come back. Um, and from the one thing I will say to you about sports coming back and, and this has been debated because ESPN has nothing else to do over over the last month is you've got, you know, you've got a lot of people trying to bring back this economy, you know, bring back this economy around sports. And I think it's, it's valid. It's you're trying to do everything you can to keep people safe and trying to have people feed their families. It's a, it's, you know, you're, it's really hard thing to try to balance uh, both very important things. Um, but I think even when things open up, uh, whether it be sports, live, live concerts, anything like that, people are going to be really tentative to get close to each other again. Um, it's going to take some time. And, uh, and the other thing too, is that if you have a spike or something like that, you then have to go back into the same uh, situation that, that we're currently in. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those things that until you really have something that there's a cure all for the disease, I don't think you're going to see live sports, um, with crowds at least. Um, thanks for that. And there's a lot to un unpack there. I'm going to quickly kind of separate into what I thought were three main points that you brought up. The first one, uh, which was what Joza, you said was an unexpected take. And I want you to react uh, specifically to that. But you said you found that as a sports fan, surprisingly, you realized that you don't miss sports all that much uh, anymore. You said may maybe um, you're watching some old games or some, I don't know if it's the I'm, I'm lit. For example, I'm listening to the Bill Simmons redraftable podcast, but just some things about sports history to get by, but it's, you feel like in the end, you don't really miss live sports as much as you might've thought of. That's, that's the first thing you said. Um, the second, the second thing you mentioned was the whole economy that deals with sports. Um, the alcohol industry, uh, being one of those, um, Countless bars and restaurants, countless workers, tons, just tons of people, quite simply. But Jozo, you yourself, like, you deal specifically uh, in athletics, of course. Um, and then uh, that, the, the third point, um, the third point that you mentioned, um, I just caught, got caught up in, in my first two. 
Uh-huh. Well, it's the it's the yeah, it's the fact that you know you, the question you kind of asked was the getting right. back into the, getting back right. to it. If we're not going to get a vaccine for years, at what point are people actually going to be willing to sit in crowds without if they're not vaccinated? Or will we have crowds where people are standing six feet apart? Is that something that's feasible? Will we have crowds that have nobody over the age of forty-five? So there's a lot of questions that come with that too. So so those three things. Um, I really want to address uh, piece by piece. Uh, the first one, realizing that you don't miss sports as much as you thought. Um, Jozo, do you feel do you feel that way, or do you feel differently? Um, I was surprised by the take. I, I say I feel I say I feel differently. I can I can understand. I can understand where you come from. Um, I would say maybe. It's 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 nice to know they're there, right? Do you need to watch all 162 baseball games? Do you need to watch entire seasons and 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 uh, the course of everything? Um, you know, if you if you're you know, for example, if you're following a college basketball team, you might be the biggest diehard of a college basketball team that pay, plays twice a week. So you know, it feels like you know not as as frequent. Um, I think I think points. One and three actually almost do are, are connected into into getting back to it and and, that, and kind of the difference between attending it and having it in person. Um, in working in uh, my intercollegiate athletics setting, uh, there was there was a period. So when we were first approaching mitigation strategies, like there was a period that were where there's no fans stuff was talked about, and it went very quickly remarkably quickly so from we were thinking about doing no, no fans at games then to the entire season's being canceled in a matter of, of 48 hours right I was, I was talking to uh to the host of this podcast on what I believe was a Tuesday about how that that Tuesday night there was going to be a no uh a fan, uh, NBA game with no fans in attendance and we were saying how, how would that look how would that feel It'd be interesting to see and by Wednesday the entire season was canceled and that never came really to be uh, the point I would make was that in the in, in college, one thing that was said a lot in that brief window was, um, in terms of the NCAA tournament specifically, the NCAA tournament announced, I want to say on that Tuesday, on that Tuesday that there was going to be the NCAA tournament was going to be held without fans for the first time in the history event, but it would still be would still be played. And obviously, two days later, that that entire course was, was reversed. But what it would have said was. And what was said to, you know, people that were going to be involved in the event was, there's no question, this is going to be the highest rated and tournament of, of all time. Um, and that's what, that's what the difference is watching it on TV, but just having it there, having the ability, you know, if, the, if there's a team playing on the West Coast and you watch the game, you don't have, you could fall asleep before the game, and not watch the game, but it's still going to be a part of your life the next day reading what happened you know you're going to watch some highlights you're going to look at it on social media um and and why i said this was related to the third point of getting back was it's going to be very i don't think there's any question i think we could say there's no question that when they start playing games pretty clear at this point they won't just go full out they they won't go they won't back to normal there will be the first game in american professional sports there's going to be no fans there or limited fans there or whatever it is but you might not have been that person to to be at the game, but you were gonna watch it, you know, whether there's fans there or not. You know, I, you know, typically, you know, we all, the, all of us, I think, attend a number of different sporting events per year. 
Um, if you said, if you, if, if I, if you said to me right now, would I give up attending a, you know, would I, I typically attend five baseball, five baseball games a year. Would I give that, would I give a notice? I'd notice, but I, I would still watch them on television and it would still exist in the stratosphere. I think that's a much more palatable thing for people. Um, for it to just not exist totally is weird. You know, in the grand scheme, it, it's, it's all how, how you look in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. In the grand scheme of, of 100 years of national baseball, if there's one season that doesn't happen, three years from now when there are seasons, you, you say you didn't miss it. But, um, I mean, these are, these are complex, these are complex things yeah. with the economics that go into it. There's, it's there's, like how people refer the, to the, the restart, You know, there's the restart next year. That's 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 what makes the MLB's proposal so interesting about gathering every team, moving them to a closed location in Arizona, and you would think televising those games. Um, it seems what you were saying about March Madness, they were saying that it would be the highest rated you know, television program ever because everyone would be at, at home able to watch it and there'd be nothing, no other sports going to compete with, that there's a ton of reward, um, right. potential reward for for putting baseball games on TV, even without fans. Well, um, think about how the revenue model in sports has changed, right? For years and years, you have uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the revenue, you know, split driven by the people who are attending the games. But now almost all of the revenue that that people are that these you know uh, teams are, are getting are from their television contracts so whether sports fans are, are there or not uh, I think is the, one of the biggest things that it impacts is actually the television experience I mean pure television exposure now is dramatically different than it than it used to be for the majority of the existence of the league. I mean, we talk, you know, in, in our lifetime, everything's been mostly televised. There's been even, I mean, there's more, you know, now you can get every baseball game ever, but, you know, it used to be not as tied into that. If, you know, if, you know, if you wanted to see the team, I mean, we're talking before any of our lifetimes, I guess, but if you wanted to see the team, you needed them to come to and play a game where you were able to attend. I mean, it's a much different consumable experience through television, through internet, through the internet, through, through phones and all that exists. Yeah. And like right now the players are not getting paid. You know, they like, they want to play without fans, but I think what's so interesting is that while the MLB model, there is this reward of, of a TV payoff, you know, it won't be the same, but it'll be substantial, but there's tremendous risk because the NBA shut down. You were talking about, Jozo, how it went from we're going to play without fans to we're not going to play at all in 24 hours or less. That was because of one player, Rudy Gobert, that tested positive. And they had, they had no choice but to shut down the league after that. Can but, you imagine if they moved all 30s, 32 is it, baseball teams to Arizona and they were about to play their first game and all the work that goes into it and then – some uh, you know, uh, Gary Sanchez. I don't know. I don't want to pick on Gary Sanchez, but someone like uh, you know, some random player. Oh yeah, positive it shut, it shut the league coronavirus. Down it just shuts the league down again, and they put all that capital into it, and now they they're not collecting any revenue. So what what they've reward, proposed, but tremendous risk. 
what they've proposed, think about this. What they've proposed is a combination of a biodome and a very large Petri dish. It's just going to be, let me put all of these people in a biodome. And then if one person does the wrong thing, uh, you know, and manages to catch this very apparently thing that you can catch very easily, you've, you could now possibly infect the entire population because everybody's in a enclosed location. It is sport where people literally all they do is chew sunflower seeds and spit them, spit on the ground. Uh, you know, it's not exactly like the sport is not exactly a bastion of cleanliness, right? And and from a germ perspective, right? Do you, do you know if if they're planning to have like a regular season or they're just going to go right to, I think it might be interesting to try if they're going to take this risk. Because like you said, people are spitting sunflowers, even who knows. If they're going to take this risk, just go right into a 32-team tournament. Like why, why worry about a regular I season? I, I think that's good. Yeah. Just go right into well, like just I'll a give, single I'll give, I'll elimination give tournament. Let's do it. That would be, that'd be. I'll tell you, fantastic. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why for baseball. Well, first, first of all, there's a lot of, I mean, you, the, the, the reason that a general baseball problem in, in general, 162 games is, is too many games, Hershey's life. But once you got to 162 games, they'll never reduce it because every time they play a game, they're making an enormous amount of money. Every time the Yankees open the gates, they make over a million dollars for every single game. So, so it may be better for the game for there to be less than 162 games per year, but the Yankees are never going to give up playing 81 home games. They're, they're simply not. Um, here's my other example to, to the question that, that Hank just asked. Uh, the, let's take, for example, you cut the, league, you cut the season in half for extreme circumstances, obviously, end, right? 81, 81, 81 games. Only an 81-game roundabout season to determine playoffs, and you take, and you take playoffs from there, right? Yeah, but that's impossible. The randomness of baseball. Baseball, let's say, let's, let's say this, I mean, it's, they're all hypothetical. Everything you say is a hypothetical. So let's, let's say baseball was able to come back by, by July and, and play out the season, from, pick up the schedule in July and play it out from there. They get half. They lose half their games, right? Um, so the, the 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 NBA is built on seven game series. Baseball is built on on five man rotations and playing seven games a week and and that stuff evening out. Here's the exact here's here's the example now that I've been building up to. Last season, the Washington Nationals won the World Series. Um, at the 81 game mark of last season, the Washington Nationals were not in playoff position. If you, had, if you had played 81 games last season, the World Series champ wouldn't have qualified for the postseason at all because the way baseball is and the way baseball always has been is, it, you know, depth and the better teams win out over time. Small sample size in baseball more than any other sport. Look at, take last season and look at April 30th, and if the teams had only played one month, the Yankees could be in last and the Royals could be in first, and at the end of the season, it's 40 games flipped from that because – Players have hot weeks. People have stars. It's you need baseball has always been built, and this is an extreme example. And, and we're we're here to talk about hypotheticals and, and how to change that. But it, it's it's different than what it has always been. 
it's different than the way the sport works. I think baseball, using this as an example, um, is different than other sports. Baseball, uh, that NBA, for example, that plays only 82. And you know, when the NBA suspended, they were close to they were close to finishing their season. They needed, even though what it was, another month. They're never going to play that month. Whenever the NBA get, if the NBA were to get back, they would just go right into the playoffs. They would come up with a way and just play just play it out. I mean, baseball was the season that did start. You can't play. You can't play a thirty. You can't play a thirty-game tournament. You have to have. You have to have series. It's not. It's not best of one. It's not best of one in advance. It's not single elimination. Play devil's advocate here. What? How about using as a model the World Baseball Classic? Because that's a tournament um, that happens in a month. Could that be something that the MLB could do? Could they find a way to? put 32 teams in a world baseball classic style tournament and, you know, get something instead of nothing. Cause right now you're not looking at even a half game season. You're looking at something that's different from, from a season. You're, you might have to, if you're going to put everyone in a biodome in Arizona, you're not going to have 32 fields. You're just not, you can't, you can't um, you're gonna 32 have, well, fields. So it's, 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 it's 16, you only need 16. It's, it's 16. It's, That's it's, true. It's 16, and uh, they're actually they're, – they're actually is. So you have the Diamondback Stadium, and you have spring training sites, which teams typically have multiple fields. They, I mean, you're literally – the Arizona plan is literally talking about professional teams playing on the equivalent of literally little league backfield. The dimensions will be the same. But, like, if you were to go to any site of anybody that trains in Arizona, they have – multiple baseball dimes those are fields that you can play nine against nine but yeah you don't have stadiums you don't have jumbotrons you just needed the players playing in game and having a stream it that's 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 what they're talking about with the bare bones um while i actually have it up can I, let's let's we wanted to dive deep can i this article can, I, can we can i read some of the things they were talking about in this arizona plan specifically because they're pretty entertaining to acknowledge um Seeing yes. that as a yes, Major League Baseball is talking implementing these changes in order to do social distancing. This is what it would take for Major League Baseball to play baseball in a social distancing era, right? In- electronic strike zones. That's been talked about before. Take out all um Can't have the umpire standing right behind the catch feet away. Can't call balls and strikes. Seven inning double headers. And, right? Actually, I actually approve that one. Minor League Baseball does it. This is my favorite. Uh, this is my favorite one. Instead of sitting next to each other in a dugout, players sit in the empty stands six feet apart. Regular on-field, regular on- including and regular on-field microphones to make a thing, right? So this is the extent already like we're already talking about. I mean, you have to, you know, you can't play the contact sport the same way, but you could eliminate. You know, you eliminate the only way people are getting within six feet of each other is if. There's tag plays at bases, you know, do you allow no collisions in the field? I mean, these are the extremes that are kind of already being taken. Or if you're the batter and the catcher. Yeah, the batter and the catcher have to be within six feet of six feet of each other. There's no way to there's no way to modify that. Or or you're on base. Catcher wear a face mask a face mask under his mask. Yeah, how do you how, how do you have a play at first a play at first yeah. base? Well, there's no Joe's, way to play. The, there's no way to play any of the games six feet apart. I, but Joe, I, I I think I mentioned to, the, to you this a few days ago. But if any sport is equipped to have a social distance type of 
game, it is baseball because there's actually a lot less contact than you would think. You know, for as many injuries and as many, sure. you know, as much athleticism you do need to play the game, like there's a surprising, there's not a ton of contact aside from tagging players. Um, so here, the, let me let me just for a second. I I think you guys are talking about gameplay, right? But I actually don't think the gameplay piece is as important as what happens in after or before. And you'd have to live in a place with some, like all these people would have to be living in a place with severe restrictions on mobility, like where they would, would be allowed to like, people are, they're living in a room by themselves. People need to be like serving them food, you know, bringing them food uh, for each meal. Um, they need to not be interacting with anybody who's going you know, to, uh, you know, anybody who's been anywhere else. Um, it's, it's one of those things that that's the control piece of it that I think actually needs to be maintained in order to have, you know, play the game. Uh, you test everybody before they come in and then right, right, right. they can get close to each other because we know that if they're both test negative, you know, let's say quote unquote, that they can be near each other. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's, it's a matter of the, of, these baseball players basically be being willing to give up their freedom. Yeah. And that's, I, that's... I agree. It's an, a very important. I think that there's mixed opinions of it too. Like um, I've seen people come out on both sides of the issue, but uh, you know, for example, Mike Trapp, arguably the best major league baseball player, probably the best baseball player is against this. He came out against this on TV last Do you want to know why he's against it? Because his wife is pregnant. And his wife is expected to give birth during the season. So theoretically, if you're doing this plan and you're trying to quarantine these people for four months, not allowed to go to leave and see the and visit their families, travel back and, and, and risk infection that way. Also, or or if you do want to leave, you have to be self-isolated for 14 days, right? So for Mike, if Mike Trout wants to see his wife give birth, he's got to leave the biodome for a month. That's why that's the choice. I, that's yeah. the choice they have to make. Is a big piece of it. That's why I think that we're heading for something that will be more like. <laughs> it, it won't be an official baseball season where there's going to be a World Series champion crown, but it'll be like a World Baseball Classic type thing. Like you see, for example, top players skip the World Baseball Classic because they want to train for the season. You know, top um, NBA players skip the Olympics because they want to train for the season. And I think you could see something like this where maybe if Mike Trout wants to stay home and not play in this tournament that's going to happen in Arizona, he can make that choice. And you might see some players sit out. But other players who they want to get paid and they're already quarantined at home, they may as well be quarantined in a, you know, in a baseball haven in the desert. They might make that choice. You know? and, and Mike Trout doesn't have to think, oh, you know, I sacrificed it a year that I could have won the championship, even though the angels aren't really going anywhere or my numbers, you know, his stats wouldn't even necessarily like these, these stats wouldn't count towards career stats even, but it would just be, it would be something it would make making something out of nothing. Right. You're trying to, the scenario is either have nothing, no revenue or have some revenue. And that's what that's look at what basketball is doing to try to drum up revenue. Right. They they literally played horse on television. 
Yeah. Like, and they're playing e I heard it was bad. I heard it was really bad. Was it really bad? I, I didn't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, to, can we, can to I, can do I, can things I, can over Zoom. Just, the, just look uh, at this podcast, you know. I, I haven't said anything, but Jozo, you've been on a yeah, delay yeah. for me. I well, don't know if, 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 Hirsch, you've been experiencing the same thing with Jozo, but. He's in and out. He's in and out. Bit. Yeah, but that's okay. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk over everybody. I was just, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say my favorite uh, example was that the NASCAR did a uh, an esports version of a race. The, the, the NASCAR drivers uh, raced each other on a video game, and I don't, I don't recall which NASCAR driver it was. But they were on headsets and they were doing electronic esports NASCAR racing, and he, uh, he was so angry that he lost. He was dropping uh, curse words and racial, and he got he dropped a racist and slur. Fined his sponsors. Yeah, Larson, right? Yeah, he got yeah fired. video games. Yeah, I don't know who it was. I think so it's a lot higher stakes than we think. Hirsch, I think you can. That's what we resulted can, can you relate to that? Getting angry over losing video games. <laughs> I I can relate to getting angry in just about uh, any scenario in life. <laughs> Joe Crispin, Steve Logan, March Madness, two thousand one or something. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Yep, yep. That's definitely not the only time or the worst example. <laughs> for sure there are many others um so would you guys like if, if someone actually proposed to you let's say you you ran baseball let's say you were the commissioner of baseball and you were in a conference call because we have to be in conference calls that's the only kind of meetings we can have nowadays and someone proposed baseball in antarctica would you think it was a joke or would you actually think about it for a second? Uh, I'll start with you, Jozo, since you uh, sent me the, the article. So, so when I, when I read the, the link and that uh, it was a, it was a, let's say, let's not, let's not dignify that to be an all. <laughs> um, I thought it was briefly serious. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like, that's, I, I, I think if, if I'm commissioner of baseball, I think it speaks to like, let's throw every, let's throw, I assume I can curse the cast. I, let's throw shit against the, shit against the wall and see what sticks. Um, the, the other thing that was proposed was, uh, well, if they're playing baseball in Japan, why doesn't the Japanese play team play at night and the, and the major leaguers can play during the day? Like that's a serious proposal, I guess. Like, you're throwing anything out there to see what like, you can get the most people to agree to at this point. Right. Because the commissioners in it, the commissioners in it, I mean, they're going to they're gonna try, um, try and get as much as they can out of it. Like, do you lose anything in the grant? Like, if you're a baseball fan of a team that sucks and your team doesn't play this season, like, it sucks. But it doesn't make one of the season again. You just watch it. But yeah. Hirsch. Millions Hirsch and millions, I mean, billions on one. Hirsch, baseball in Antarctica. Good idea or bad idea? Uh, it's not an idea. It's, they're, they're floating, they're floating uh, proposals out to the public to create content and get into the headlines and also see what the public has to say about them. It's a public relations uh, strategy. And uh, it, uh, it's worked to an extent. Mm. Um, I wanna pivot. Uh, briefly still talk about and baseball but um the boston red sox cheating scandal the results 
were supposed to be released at the start of the season. And the commissioner announced that he would push back the results of that cheating scandal until the season actually began, until play resumed. Um, can you speculate why you think that – what do you think the outcome of the Red Sox cheating scandal will be, and why, does the, why do the results need to be pushed back uh, till play resumes? Jozo? Um, obviously, massive conspiracy to sweep this under the rug. There's no doubt about that timing. It's coincidental. Uh, the biggest reason that was given publicly was that the reason the, re- the report was just about ready to be released when all this happened, but the report was not yet released because the commissioner of baseball needed to personally type up the report himself. He's too busy these days of all this happened. Uh, so obviously a conspiracy theory. He needed um, to type this, up uh, the report himself? The, the larger discu- he is, writes his own report. I don't know if he types them or he dictates them, whatever. But he said he always sees that thoroughly attention to detail. He needs to type up, to write the report personally, and too many larger issues have occurred. But also this conspiracy theory, well, I mean, if we want to discuss, we want to discuss that conspiracy theory, because it's obviously No. Um, no, okay. The the other uh, the other conspiracy <laughs> the floor theory, remains one, yours. The, 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 the Houston Astros suspension came first. Yeah, the Houston right, Astros. They they uh, one of the one of the larger punishments that was issued was one year suspensions for I believe the coach and the GM. Right. Right. What? No baseball season? Did they serve their suspension? They are apparently. They, they are. They already announced that 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 Have, if the season's canceled, that they get to that they get to resume next season. I'm just saying it sounds very convenient. Well, can I ask you something? With this, just to I want to back up from this whole the cheating and oh Jesus, the whole cheating scandal thing. Yes. I just think it's funny that in. 2020 where we have artificial intelligence flying droids uh i don't know you know whatever else uh jeff bezos and you know the people at google have come up with and yet we still resort to hand signals to tell somebody 60 feet away from us to throw a baseball in a different way uh and then on top of it we, in order to cheat, we are banging on trash cans in order to signal to somebody else that the entire thing is so absurd and preposterous. I, what, there's there's got to be some other way that we that a catcher can signal to a pitcher to throw a slider and not have anybody intercept that communication. How do you do that without technology? Uh, I don't know, a buzzer system? Isn't that technology? Some sort of technology, right. Using technology. Because we're not living <laughs> the, in the stone The age. buzzer system was exactly what the Astros said. But technology, the would, did, technology the would slow the game down even more. What I'm saying is, I'm not the person to come up with this. But it's like it's the same thing in like the NFL. Like, we're literally taking, like, a red napkin 
out of a sock and throwing it onto a field to challenge uh, play. Like, there's just, there's got to be a, there's got to be a better way, right? I mean, it's just, it just seems like it's just rooted, all rooted in some tradition. Hirsch, can I, I, there's, there's a perfect example of why sometimes technology is not an improvement. Think, just think about this podcast. Think about how much cleaner the sound would be, how much cleaner everything would be if you guys were here in person. There are some times where technology does not make things more efficient. It just makes it snazzier. Think about customer service. When you call in to pay your electric bill and you have an issue with it or something, and you just, you just want to talk to a human being, but all you get is a robot. That's a case where technology is not making things better or more efficient. It's just making it fancier, snazzier. Same thing with the challenge flag in football. A red flag is a perfectly fine way of letting every, all the fans in attendance, everyone on TV, know that they're challenging a play. This is a red flag. It's not a yellow flag. He's throwing the flag. It takes two seconds to whip it out of your pocket and throw it. There's no way. Nothing technological can happen faster than you then throwing a red flag onto the field. I'm just saying there's gotta be a better way, regardless of if there's you, if you're using technology or not, there has to be a better way in 2020 to say from a pitcher to a catcher, throw a slider that's not interceptable via technology or, or anything else. And I, it's, it's interesting, you know, that, that they were able to, it, to set up and rig this rig this whole thing but i'm just i just think it, it's all so rudimentary it's also like the, the entire thing is just so odd the entire system is so odd and if people if it's susceptible to people stealing it change it mm-hmm. yeah fair enough all right. So what are you guys doing instead of sports to, to occupy your time? Uh, you mentioned Hirsch that you were watching some, some old sports games. I, um, do you want to elaborate on any of those that you've been watching? I know that the, the Michael Jordan documentary, the last dance is coming out this weekend. I'm very excited for that. Um, but what Apparently it's going to save us all. Appointment viewing right there. Yeah, ten episodes, ten episode doc. So, Hirsch, what have you been uh, been watching? How- Sport, sports or, or not sports? Well, I've been trying desperately to get my wife to watch The Wire, um, and that has failed miserably for me. Um, well, did you watch one episode together and then it didn't stick? Yeah, yeah, mostly. Uh, it's too serious, I guess. Uh, you know, I'm trying to, you know trying to influence uh taste and it doesn't doesn't always work you've already seen it right oh twice yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's uh, one of my favorites um what Jose, else you haven't seen the wire you're shaking your head so i i'm also on a spot where i'm actually trying to convince myself to use this time to watch the the wire uh 10 episodes into season one and i've just never been to like fog groove of binging it like, i've watched an enormous television over the last month 
because I've not been allowed to leave my house. Um, <laughs> I would say in that time, I've watched you know, four episodes of The Wire. Um, I have watched, uh, let, let's put it this way, a season and a half of The All-American on Netflix and get into The Wire. So I really want to watch The Wire, but it hasn't been doing it for me, and I'm, I'm upset. I'm upset at myself. I'm upset for you. I'm upset in a lot of different ways. I, uh, I've also been uh, watching, I've been like rationing episodes of Ozark. Um, I'm on like the second to last or third to last oh, episode of this latest season of Ozark, and I'm trying my best to ration it um, as long as I can. Cool. Jason Bateman. Ozark, the, Ozark is really good. Uh, the, the number two recommended show on Netflix behind the Tiger King. Have you watched Tiger King, by the way? I have. I've watched the first seven episodes. I heard that there was an eighth that just got released, so I still need to see that one. It's one of the most absurd things. Is, I've, I've seen it. I've, I've ever, well, We've I, all I seen get, it. Well, I got two. I book up both Tiger King and Ozark as a recommendation. Uh, from uh, Joe Ozo over here, um, and I enjoy it thoroughly, both of them, so thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the Tiger King was so ridiculously absurd. Um, it's just, it, it's enlightening. It, it reminds you that uh, there are people living quite different lives uh, in, this, in this United States of America. Um, Hirsch, this is a question for you. Uh, Joe Exotic. Like him or dislike him? I I think he's an intriguing cartoon character. You know, I mean, I, I if I was in the same I room, mean, with him, I might feel differently. Mm-hmm. What about um, Doc Bagavon? Like him or dislike him? Doc Antle. Doc Antle. It's hard to dislike somebody who rides an elephant named Bubbles <laughs> around. Just generally, just around. Jozo is gesturing. Thumbs up for Joe Exotic. <laughs> thumbs down for, for Doc Antle. Well, apparently Doc Antle leads some sort of cult. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an interesting take. It is. Um, I'm so all I can so say, Joe, Exotic, uh, Joe Exotic, 19% of the vote. Joe Exotic got 19% of the vote in the governor election for Oklahoma. <laughs> now, I didn't realize that before. He ran for president. So I guess the important question to be asked on this podcast, what would be happening right now if Joe Exotic was president, even have a pandemic, or would we have already face and be done with it? That's a really good question. Uh, Hirsch, you want to take a shot at answering that? What would you probably, you probably don't Zach want me to present? answer that on the podcast, but I'll, I'll tell you, I think we might be in a better place. Mm. I think we, I think if a, if a, uh, one of his tigers was uh, president of the United States, that we would be in a better place than we are right now. Mm. Um, on that note, I think it's, it's wise. Let's pivot to talk about Dr. Anthony Fauci right now. I know, I know, Jozo, you've expressed great, tremendous admiration for this man. Um, you want to talk a little bit about what makes him so appealing to you? He also just, did, didn't he just uh, uh, sure. win some, think... some great accomplishment recently? Some, some award? He won some award. Yeah, I can speak to that. 
I think I think I could speak to that. Um, uh, I guess this could be the platform we would announce the award. I mean, Joe, uh, <clears throat> I almost said Joe Exotic, excuse me. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, of course, is uh, he reached out to me the other day to let me know that he is greatly unappreciative uh, to learn that he is the recipient of the uh, 2020 Peace Bracket Championship. And I would say well-earned. Um, I, I could use some, some words to describe Dr. Anthony Fauci. Uh, I think where I always start is that he represents, represents hope, but he also uh, represents sanity. He represents um, intelligence. Uh, he represents a lot of traits that this country and that many Americans in it um, are looking for during this time. That's why you see, uh, I would say he's the public face of anti-coronavirus. In fact, I read an article this morning that said, um, Dr. Fauci was on a snap video where he was discussing how we play baseball again. You know, so Dr. Fauci is hitting the hard-hitting topics on only the most important of news sources in this country, uh, that being Snapchat. Very so, well said. Yeah, he went on uh, Steph Curry's I, I put Instagram my hope behind feed. him. Very well said. Sure. He was on um, Barstool's Barton Mike I have a job of Mm-hmm. Did you listen to that? He relates to the people. Um, and it's not, it is the only part of my take episode I have ever listened to in my entire life. And uh, what was that? And, that was and early on too, if I'm not mistaken. That was within, that was before everything was Very early. wasn't it? Yeah, I think right it was after. like late, yeah, it was, it was really, like late was March. Really early. Yeah, part of ta my take was a kind of ahead of uh, ahead of the curve, so to speak, on on getting Fauci on the program. Hirsch, do you have any? What does Fauci yeah. represent to you? I think sanity was a good word. Yeah. Uh, I've, honestly, I, it's yeah. just I I think if we were in a different time, he would represent a doctor who gives advice on a disease uh, that's that's ongoing and and good advice. Um, but I think he has reveled in being contrasted with other people, other public faces uh, in America. Um, and I think because he's such a stark contrast is because is, is why he's so popular. What do you think is more likely to happen? Hirsch, I'll, I'll, I'll start with you on this. What's more likely to happen? Fauci is fired or the baseball season happens? Um, how do I qualify the baseball season though? Cause that's, that's the thing. Cause you're any, any baseball games are you saying in any form? Yes. God, that's difficult. I, I actually, I truly believe that they w that they won't play baseball this season. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, I why, think that why do you I, think they won't play baseball this season? Let's just because start. yeah. I I know what they want to do. You know I I I've heard of, you know this, a lot of the proposals. I think the the biggest problem is just in ensuring the safety of the players i think that's the key okay let's just see how far this goes though so um 
let's say they don't play baseball this season. Will there be a football season in the fall? They say that right now the spring is the first wave. It might settle down in the summer, but it could peak up again in the in the fall. Will there be a football season? The the thing is around is is there going to be? Can they have training camp? Also, um, it's a lot more you know, physical a sport than baseball. It is, and you get closer to people too. You got people likely ex, uh, quote unquote exchanging. Um, yeah. You know. They're not clearly not social distancing, put 50, it that way. Fifty-three players on a team. Yeah, right. Right. The NBA um, is fifteen on a team. You know, I think they they will likely find some way to play, just because the stakes from a monetary perspective, from a TV perspective, are so high in the NFL. But I think they're going to have to figure out – they're going to need to figure out um, how they do that and keep the players safe. Um, and I think there's a long way to probably go there as well. I don't think there's going to be any crowds in football this year, college or NFL. Jozo, what do you think about – will there be a baseball season? Will there be a football season? Um, I'm going to take the optimistic viewpoint on all of this. Uh, here's my bold prediction. Uh, if you want to get your uh, your editor to cut this one up for the tweet, uh, 100%, no professional sport will skip a season. Everything will be played to its conclusion at some point. Hmm. You can adjust schedules. Because uh, the, the talk on a lot of this has been put everything back at some point you have to start pushing back the 2021 seasons if you don't resume if you play the nba playoffs but you can't play the nba playoffs until september october there has to bend off season after that before the 21 season resumes but i truly believe for for mostly mostly monetary issues as Hirsch alluded to in the different times i think that all of these sports will happen even if they won't in their usual forms. Um, and I'll, I'll say, I'll say, let's put it this way. There's, there's been a lot of people talking about, being, I mean, it's a major concerning issue, right? The pandemic. Um, let's timestamp our interview for our listeners, right? We're talking here on a, on a month. No, wait, I don't know what day it is. Wednesday, the 15th. Case in point. The day that we're talking right now. Tax day. Thank, thank you. Wednesday. So at the third, more, uh, on, at the Thursday White House briefing, the White House is expected to announce some measures, their, their plan for, quote-unquote, reopening the country and how they're going to start doing things. Uh, the quote I read this evening before I came back is that parts of the country may be reo- starting to reopen or be given May 1st. <laughs> Someone called it a deadline. It wasn't a deadline. Um, but I think the country will be back. I think it'll be in different, in different schemes. Can you have 100,000 people in the stadium? Maybe not. But can you have weddings of 200 people in August? Find it, you know. Um, but what I was saying was, I think, uh, I think that they'll find ways to get, to get everything played. And honestly, but without fans. it's frustrating to uh, – without fans, I'm just talking about what, what you played. You're going to have to make concessions. Right. Um, it's re- the, the frustrating thing to me, the, the Arizona plan, where, 
was when I first saw the Arizona come out, it was, you know, I was scrolling through the uh, social media late at night. It came out, it was, it was floated out. As I first mentioned, it's, it's thrown out there through league sources as a test balloon to see what people think. But the way it was framed was, this was early April at the time, let's say, and it was Major League Baseball has the creative plan to, to do, make sacrifices and do all these different things. So they, their goal was to be, what if baseball can be the first sport and that would be big for TV ratings and the TV deal could offset the attendance, right? People talked about, they're like, all right, baseball, because the thing about baseball, let's, let's put the, since we've had a lot of talk about baseball, baseball doesn't just pick up and start playing. For there to be a baseball season, you first have to resume baseball spring training. You have pitchers stretch their arms out. So that's three to four weeks on top of a season's practice, you know, untelevised practices. Um, but the point was, baseball was like, we could start, what if we had this bold plan where we could start restart spring training as early as of May, and by June, we could be playing, playing games in the Biodome in, in Arizona. And that was their, that was their bold creative plan. And a lot of people said, that's crazy. It's way too early. This is going to be a pro-. you know, I hate that stuff because you, you, there's plenty, there's plenty of reason to be realistic, but why the hell can't we have optimism? I mean, I don't know about, about you guys. We are, again, Henry's going to have to tell me the date. I was told it was tax day. So it's April 15th. The NBA, the NBA season shutdown was March 11th. So we've been in this current situation for a month, right? In the grand scheme of things, only a month. A month is not that long a time. A month in five weeks, actually. Quarantine time feel like the longest, might, might feel like the longest five weeks of your life. So for, for everybody that tells me we can't be playing, we can't be, there's no way we could be playing any football. That means you take this month and you make May like it and you make June and you make July like it. I understand the public health risk. Don't run that by any means, but I don't think any. I don't think that. I don't think that Americans are really going to sitting like this, doing not not making any quote-unquote reopening for months and months and months. Yeah, you know, that's that's my. Uh, I and I've been I've been part of conversations. I was on it. I was on a work call today where we talked about college football and there's there's three scenarios for college football college football is going to do one of three things because they're going to play they're going to play college football in Lavelle but they're going to do it one of three ways they're either going to do it in the regular way where they play the, the first games the first weekend in September they're going to try and buy themselves an extra month where they cut out all the non-conference games they play conference games and that buys themselves a month before they can start playing in October can move the whole operation of 2021 and, and play it play it like a spring sport when they would typically be doing spring practice February, March, April. But they're gonna play it, and I obviously you know the the spring plan presents enormous, enormous, enormous amounts of logistical head, logistical headaches. How do you play it? How do you how do you play it with an NFL draft? You can start bumping into each other very quickly. But my general point is. You gotta get back to pumping. You gotta, you gotta make steps. You can't just say, right here and now, you're gonna play nothing in the fall because we're still four full months away from the fall. So what I've been saying the whole time is that 
if we're doing nothing, I, I think that I think very well playing or maybe playing in front of empty stadiums. But what I keep saying about the fall, what I keep saying about, uh, you know, life on Earth is that if we're not doing something by then and we've been doing this for five, six months, I think we've got some larger issues. I agree. I, I don't think that this is a sustainable lifestyle. But at the, at the same time, like sports is and, and having crowds and having the contact, that's kind of like, that's the top rung of the ladder that we have to climb as a society. Like the first is just like opening restaurants and schools and offices before we can even, even get there. Mm-hmm. So like, I agree, like the current situation of just staying at home mm-hmm. is not sustainable. People will fucking revolt. But to just, but, but I think like we, you do have mm-hmm. to be careful about opening up, let's say football, football stadiums and, and even playing games and having college be the way it is. I think it, it also, it also opens up interesting questions in terms of contracts and eligibility. So like, for example, baseball, let's say the baseball season gets postponed. Will the 2020 free agent class well, let's just say their contracts aren't paid. So now will you have maybe a double free agent class at the end of the 2021 season? Will everyone's contract or no, that wouldn't happen, but will everyone just like, there would be no 2020 free agents. Everyone's contracts is just kind of pushed back the next season. And if you have that, you know, what about eligibility? Um, the NCAA is giving um, a lot of spring athletes. They gave them red shirts. So let's say, all the football players in the fall. What if it so happened that they got red shirts and now you have a double recruiting class the next season, you have, cause people are still going to high school. They're still going to graduate. Even if they're taking virtual classes, you're not going to red shirt your senior year. Okay. So now these, these colleges will be full of people that um, they're going to have the largest teams they've ever had. And, and, and how do you, how do you manage that? Well, I, yeah, go on. I, I think that that's it's an interesting point, right? But I also don't think, from an importance perspective, it's as important as ensuring we we restart some of this some of this activity up. You know, we want to do it quickly. We want to do it safely, and we want to ensure the economies around it um, are back up and running as well. Because there's so many people who make their living around sports not only the athletes but there there's such a large economy around it as well um and i'm sure that those those other issues we can figure those out uh from a contract language perspective i'd imagine that based on the length of these contracts a lot of that stuff is specified as far as you know uh free agency and and people getting paid and that kind of stuff insurance contracts around uh, pandemics, things like that. Act You'll have God. An, they're called right. Uh, I don't even know if this qualifies as an act of God. Um, I think it I, actually. What, what does? I, if this doesn't qualify as an act of God, what does? No, from what? Well, uh, act of uh, uncooked bat. But from from what I've heard, uh, what the fuck's an act of God then? Well, from I I, I thought an act of God was uh, like some sort of weather emergency. Um, you know, like a hurricane or a tornado or something like that. Plague, right? Right. Uh, I I think it's funny we talked about Passover. It's like the eleventh plague. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I think that, that stuff, so a lot of that stuff is kind of predetermined in contracts for, ath for athletes that are in college. You will have probably more competition for spots and that kind of stuff with, with red shirts. But there's already a red shirt system in place. There's just going to be more red shirts. Um, so it's, it's like, you know, but for, I'm, just, I'm just saying from an, from an importance perspective, getting this back up and running safely is extremely important because there's a lot of people who make their living on it. And, and in turn, you know, those people right now are either furloughed or not making a living. And, uh, you know, in order to have everybody up and working and, and having this economy stimulated again, we need sports wine. And I think that's, that's key. Well, all three of our professions are impacted very clearly. For me, as urban planner, I do a lot of public meetings. That's what my firm does. And there's no public meetings happening right now or being planned at all for the summer, even, even for the fall. Um, so all our accounts, we have to change our scope for everything. Uh, very, very much struggling uh, just, just, just to stay alive, essentially. Um, we have to, it's fight or flight and we're doing our best to fight. Um, Jozo, as working in you know, college athletics, there being none right now, you're, you're probably, uh, uh, you know, you know, wondering, you know, how, uh, what happens if there's no fall football, that's not just about, that's not an entertainment question for you. It's not about, well, you, what other movies can you watch? Like that's a career defining situation. There's no college football in the fall. Um, and, and Hirsch, you know, um, at, at least, for, fortunately, uh, Pennsylvania has declared beer an essential service. And I thank you for that and your hard work that you did in getting that done. I know you were the brains behind that operation. Clearly um, not. But, but if people aren't buying $15 Miller lights or Bud lights, we don't know what company you work for. Um, then, then, you know, we, we don't, we don't know what the, uh, the economic impacts of that will be. Yeah. I, I think for me, at least from our industry, um, the biggest thing I'm worried about is restaurants and bars. Um, because even when we come out, out of this, right, even if there's no live sports for a while, we don't know what's going to happen because that draws people to bars. Um, but a lot of the ideas that have been tossed around too are for a while limiting the occupancy of uh, the amount of people who can go in for safety reasons. And with the rent that a lot of these people pay, can they generate with using half the square footage can they generate enough revenue to stay afloat and pay, let's say, the same amount of employees, right? Yeah, it's it's not it's not a mathematical equation that works. It and just will, is. And will people be willing to pay the marked up price for a beer to sit in an atmosphere that's half empty? They won't pay for a marked up price of beer, and the reason is because you are now playing in a game where you're going to have let you're going to have more people competing for less business and as as it gets more and more competitive people are trying to draw more and more people in you're going to see that people get more aggressive with the the lower margins that they're willing to take in order to do so um, what would it take as individuals like right now you would not feel comfortable. I take it 
going to a neighborhood tavern that had no restrictions. Well, the other thing too, is if you think about like who's handling like what you're, what you're doing, like if you're like, you get a draft beer, right. Has the glass been properly, properly cleaned um, after it's last been touched. Right. Is it, you know, right. That kind of, right. It's that kind of stuff. That's my question. As a customer, what would you be looking for in a bar that you would be willing to, to, uh, to patron, um, you know, whether it's the summer or the fall, you know, like what reassurances would you be looking for that would make you feel comfortable in entering an establishment? I think the nice thing is since we're entering summer, you're going to see a lot more people. Um, the people with outdoor space probably thrive a bit. Um, because you can have a bit of outdoor space and be six feet apart from somebody else, uh, be in open air. Um, but it's going to take me probably a little bit of, of time in order to, you know, belly up to the bar next to a stranger. There's probably going to be a stool between me and somebody else. Um, and I think actually, uh, too, I mean, it's, it's also driven by who you're cohabitating with. So, you know, if whatever your, your comfort level might be different than the comfort level of somebody you live with. And you need to make sure that it, because you're sharing a space with that person that they're, um, you know, not, are they're comfortable with, with you going out and doing some of the things that you're doing because they're, they're taking that risk at, at just as well as you are if you're living with them. Okay. it's kind of an interesting point but well i well, i tell you guys what uh you know nothing you know in my life few and far between activities do i pastimes do i enjoy more than than having a drink with with you fellows in in person so uh, let's hold up our, our beers virtually right now and uh, just you know in, until then uh gentlemen um i really appreciate you guys coming on on this program um you know i know we had a little technical difficulties but but i hope um that uh we put on a a decent enough show for our listeners do you have any any final uh things you want to get off your chest any final uh, farewells for you know the two to three listeners that that we we know might be (laughs) listening um or uh, just any final thoughts and predictions hopes fears preferably hopes uh, related to maybe when we get sports back or when we get bars back i'll go on hirsch I'm not, I'm not eloquent enough to, to summarize, uh, you know, to summarize exactly how I, how I feel about all these different things. But, but I will say I'm, I'm hopeful, uh, that, that with all the measures we put in place, uh, as late as they, as they were put in place, uh, that hopefully it, after this dies down over the next few weeks and we're able to, to get back to normal over the next few months. Uh, Cause I'm excited about uh, getting into summer. Um, that's, you know, that's what we all live for. Um, I'm hoping that it, I'll be able to, to enjoy sports and, and concerts and some of the things I love doing during the summer. So I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hopefully doing those things soon and seeing all of your smiling faces. Amen, brother. Jozo? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm ready. Ready to get back, guys. I'm done with this. I've got, I've got cabin fever. 
I, I'm ready uh, to get back into society uh, the, that uh, that has been uttered a bunch of times around uh, around my household and not by me. You can do process of elimination there. Is that first weekend that the bars are back open? Well, we're going hard, brothers. Show. We're going hard. Um, we're going it. We're going in. Um, I think that uh, we spent an enormous amount of time on it's what everybody's doing. Everybody wants to know when are we back? When is this over? When the the not knowing is uh, is the most frustrating part to not having you know you, you know at the you know you went get, we talked about sports a lot. You went from the beginning of well it's gonna be quarantined in my house, but the NCA is playing seven games. Well, that is, that's no different than what I normally would have done on the first Thursday of the NCA tournament. Um, to see, uh, I believe, next weekend uh, how the virtual draft goes. Uh, everybody get your mocks started going for that one. Uh, might have to be a, a two, three, maybe a, a some mock draft competition this year. Depending when, it, on when is the draft? How much time we really uh, have on our hands. It is not next weekend, but it is the following weekend. It is it's weekend next Thursday, the isn't it? Wow. Yes. All right. Next, wait, Thursday, wait. next Thursday is the first night of uh, – GMs in their basement. I was going to bring that up earlier, but you guys kept. I want to. I, I I didn't realize it was this soon because I I felt like the draft was in May, like last year or some at some point. But w- w- all right, I think we all know that that Joe Burrow and last Chase year. Young are going to be the top two picks. Um, the, but the real draft they say starts at three. You think is Tua going to go three, and is it going to be the Lions? That's the question that everyone wants to know. Uh, I think uh, I think the the the, the key factor is, is trades. Um, I do not think Detroit will take a quarterback at three. I think uh, Okuda from Ohio State, the cornerback, clearly the third best guy in the draft. I think uh, who's Justin getting Herbert Tua? That's all I want to know. Tua will both be top top eight picks. Okay. Miami Dolphins. Miami Tua. takes takes Tua. All right, Hirsch, do you have a uh, Tua take? No, I. I just know that there's there's some teams that are destined uh, for uh, regardless of who they pick, they will always be terrible. And who do your who do your who do your Giants take at four? That's what I should have asked you. Honestly, uh, until David Gettleman, until until Dave Gettleman uh, leaves the the New York area, the Giants will not win more than than six games in a season. And Doesn't as, matter. As a former Giants fan, let me defend Dave Gettleman for a second. He's awful. His, his last two drafts, he took Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. That's a pretty good. It's pretty good running back. Pretty good quarterback. Uh, Daniel, the the jury is out on Daniel Jones. Personally, I I'm not as high on him as you are, considering that his grade was a third round grade. I didn't say I was high on him, but he had an impressive rookie season. You have he had to an impressive that. two games. Okay. Not he was what? He went Jones. what? Did he, wait, what did he go? Two and ten? Um, who, who would you like for the Giants? Uh, Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker from Clemson. Uh, would you like a, a receiver with that pick? Because I, I know you, there's a void there with the Odell Beckham gone. Uh, would you take uh, Jeff Akuda, the cornerback that Joza mentioned, if he's there? Would you take Tua because you're not sold on Daniel Jones? What would you do if, if – the uh, the Maras fired Gettleman and hired Hirsch as GM. Um, I think that if I've heard a, a few tackles names specifically, 
Uh, shoring up the offensive line would be where I where I go. Tristan Getting Wirfs a, is the name to know there. He's a he's a big offensive tackle from yes. Iowa. Jozo, do I have that correctly? Wirfs. He ran, ran like a four seven or something. He's an athletic freak. Yeah. Just in short, you've got Saquon Barkley. I was going to say that who's a can't miss. Yeah. Jozo, uh, do you have any draft um, sleepers? I, I can, Who do you like for the favorite. Broncos? Um, I was I was hoping ask me that question. Um, I'll take I'll take the Giants situation first. I think uh, the Giants should take Simmons because he's really he's the best player. I think they're going to be boring and take the best, and then they're going to draw some linemen out of the hat. You've named the right one. I think they'll pick a different one. Uh, there's a the kid out of Georgia. His name escapes me. Uh, Andrew Thomas. I uh, they'll take a tackle of the fourth round grade. Um, it's Andrew Thomas. Yeah, they'll take some right one blocking right tackle fourth overall that everybody will be thrilled with. Uh, Broncos, I think they're in a good position. Uh, big fan of the Melvin Gordon signing. They got a, a young QB, a UB to put some pieces behind him. They desperately need a receiver sign any in, in free agency. The, the number two wide right now is a guy named Tim Patrick, who I hope neither of you have heard of. So I think it's wide receiver or bust in the first round. Uh, any of three names is fine with me. I like CeeDee Lamb out of Oklahoma, and I like both Alabama uh, wide receivers, Jerry Judy, Ruggs, who ran like a 4-8. Any of those three is fine with me. Uh, sleeper pick, because what, what the Broncos are going to do is they're going to ignore what I just said, and they're going to take, like, a cornerback, an offensive lineman. Uh, the Broncos in the second round, when they do that, would take uh, they always take the local. LaVisca Chenault out of Colorado. Star Colorado wide receiver had a uh, not as good of a final season. He was hampered by injuries. If he wasn't, he'd be a bigger name. He was huge the year before. Uh, second round to the Broncos. He's the next Cortland Sutton. Those two guys back to back for ten years. He's going to take John Elway. Uh, put this on the board. Elway is going to take the tallest quarterback in the draft. Justin Herbert. Regardless, regardless of where he is. He's Justin just, Herbert is such a John Elway pick. It does not matter the need. Elway wanted to take Justin Herbert last year. He he's going to trade Cortland Sutton and Von Miller for Justin Herbert and put nobody around him and just assume that because he's John Elway, he is going to make uh, that team be excellent. Can one of you guys ask me about my Vikings? Go ahead. Um, so we just yeah, traded Henry, Stephon uh, Diggs. Hank, Hank, who's on the Vikings team? Hank, we just traded, we just traded Stephon Diggs, one of my favorite players, great wide receiver to the Buffalo Bills. Now we have first, two first-round picks. Huge need at wide receiver. You named CeeDee Lamb and the two Alabama guys. Uh, I really like the Alabama guy, uh, Jerry Judy. He's, he would be my dream pick for the Vikings. Uh, Todd McShay called him the best route runner he's scouted in the past 20 years. I think enough said. Alabama players, some, sometimes they struggle when they get to the pros because uh, you know, they have you know, the quarter, running backs have amazing offensive lines at Alabama or – you know, linebackers have amazing defensive lines that put the pressure up. But receivers have a good track record when you talk about Julio Jones and, and Amari Cooper. Uh, even Cal Calvin Ridley was, uh, was playing well um, his rookie year. 
Um, so I think Jerry Judy would be, would be a great fit next to Morden of Thielen, Adam Thielen, and Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook in that Vikings offense. As a sleeper, I got a, I got a name for you. You definitely know him. He was a college football star, won the national championships, but he's the LSU running back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, incredible to watch, but he ran a slow 40. I think he ran about a 4.6, but so did Jerry Rice ran a 4.6. Um, so Clyde Edwards-Alaire is, I mean, he's slippery as slippery gets as a running back. Uh, he, can, he can make you miss, as they say. Um, but if he's around in the second, the third round, I think someone's getting a stud. Also that, like uh, Justin Jefferson as a receiver if, uh, if Judy's not there. You're going to pick the entire LSU team. <laughs> I was gonna, what, um, number the, what number do the Vikings have? I think they have two picks number, in the 20s. What number do the Vikings pick? I believe it's two picks in the 20s. I'm not sure the yeah, exact If number. Jefferson's there, Jefferson's the fourth guy. Yeah, Jefferson. I'm fine with Jefferson at 15 too, honestly. Yeah. Uh, well, gentlemen, it's been great to have you. I'm gonna, right, I'm gonna stop, stop recording now. Um, so this is the end of the pod. But uh, if, if you don't mind, I'd, I'd like you to stay on the line just for a few more minutes. Uh, I have some, a few things I'd like to.